When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. God damn it. Jessica, I went in there. I tried to make peace. He spat in my face. I tried again. He did it again. I said enough is enough. Then you walk out the door. You don't steal his clients. You know what? This doesn't concern you. This is between me and Jack. Oh, it was between you and Jack until he came to me and I had to cover for you. You covered for me. Goddamn right I did. I told him sending you after him was my idea in the first place. That's not covering for me. That's covering for you. Because that should have been your idea in the first place, instead of welcoming every competitor we have into our offices behind my back. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about Robert Zane, and you bringing him in here without consulting me. I didn't bring in shit. Mike Ross brought Zane in without asking, and I had to pretend to be on board with that too. And now you're hoping this leads to what you always wanted. This thing's over, Zane goes, and Mike heads out the door with him. That's enough. You need to get yourself under control right now. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about you have a problem, and it doesn't have anything to do with me. And you just expose it by bringing up some paranoid bullshit about Mike Ross going with Robert Zane. Because this all started when Donna left you. And now you're afraid that Mike's going to do the same thing. So you better get your abandonment issues under control. Because Jack Soloff is going to keep coming. And now you're going to have to put him down. Suits Season 5, Episode 3 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about no refills, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with the guy who's part of the podcasting dream team. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. Were you surprised to see a member of the actual Dream Team here in this episode of Suits? Yeah, you know, we have been talking about, you know, will do you think we'll ever see Michael Jordan here in Suits? Uh, we do get Charles Barkley. Yeah, if you can't get Mike, uh, it's like a, a good fourth or fifth option, right? Mm-hmm. Charles, Sir yeah. Charles, you know? Yeah. I, I was shocked. I, I thought that when we saw him, it was going to be like a quick, like, you know, Two second cameo from Charles Barkley, but Charles had a little scene for him too. You know, yeah. he got to put his acting chops up. I liked it. 
Yeah, so he has the one moment in the episode where he's taking the selfie. And I thought that was going to be it. I thought we had him there yeah. on the set for like 10 seconds. And then uh, he does have that other scene uh, with him. Uh, and he's like, uh, come on, yeah, get your crap together, Harvey. So yeah. that was very fun. Uh, one of the highlights here of uh, this episode, the 63rd episode of Suits from July 8th, 2015. Chappelle, how are you today? I'm good, Rob. I'm in a very good mood. Uh, you know, people don't know this, but we're recording this on your birthday. Mm -hmm. And uh, happy birthday to you, Mr. Thank Managing you. Partner. Thank you. Yes. Uh, appreciate that. People showing that. love in the Facebook group. I, I, I see people going up. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so many, uh, you know, nice comments uh, across all the social media today. But I, I got to get to the all the podcasts first. Yeah, you got to work. And we're starting here with Suits in an episode that really allows us to kind of look at the toll this is taking on Harvey. We explored his uh, panic attacks in the past, but now it's kind of like we're seeing them in real time where we're seeing, you know, that the pressure of trying to keep it all together while Jack Soloff is coming after him, while Donna is, you know, leaving him in quotation marks, while, you know, Mike is working with someone else. You know, it's all starting to get to him and uh, he's trying to keep it all together. He's just not doing a great job of it. But, man, I love Harvey. I'm sorry. This yeah. is like uh, really endearing him to me a little bit more. Yeah, no, this episode is really great at like uh, giving you the Harvey POV of like, I know I've certainly been there where it's like not just like one thing is going wrong at a time, like any, any like one particular thing. OK, I can deal with this. But when it's like four things, five things are all happening at the same time, uh, it's just a like a uh, paralyzing situation. Yeah, it's a snowball effect in a lot of ways. You know, we see Harvey run into Robert Zane at some point and Robert Zane kind of accidentally spills his coffee, uh, you know, and so Harvey's like, whoa, you know, and then Robert Zane throws out a random comment about, you know, I'm paying the bills around here these days now that I'm working with your firm, you know, and so Harvey's kind of taken aback by the coffee spill, taken aback by the Robert Zane, and then uh, he gets charged up by Donna about a conversation she has with Lewis, and then Jessica wants to see him too, and then Jessica's talking to him about Soloff and then Soloff comes in the office and then Mike's trying to help him and Gretchen's yeah. there and it's, the room is spinning. And Harvey, uh, Dana Scott's on the line also. Right. Like, <laughs> how could it get any worse? Travis Tanner's at their front door. You know, like how could it get any worse for this man? Mm -hmm. He's having a panic attack and um, it, you know, we have to witness it in real time, but it is hard to see someone as normally who's as put together as Harvey going through so much. Yeah, this, we've never really seen Harvey sweat through five seasons of Suits, and now here he is. And then really culminating in he's having this uh, second panic attack uh, that we've seen on the show. And it happens to be happening like at a moment where uh, then uh, like in, in mid panic attack, Jack Soloff is coming in. And I think that Harvey's like rule number one is like never show weakness. Like he can't say to Jack Soloff, like, could you give me a minute? I'm having a panic attack right now. Uh, like that. Even Mike, like, uh, no, has enough presence of mind not to say like, hey, can you leave him alone? He's got yeah. something going on right now. He's having an emotional breakdown. Harvey would have stabbed Mike Ross if he had said <laughs> something like that in front of Jack Soloff. No, Harvey used Jack Soloff's uh, moment to kind of propel himself back into real life. You know, like that competitive spirit is still in Harvey. That was the See shot where, of know, adrenaline into his heart. <laughs> it really was. Jack Soloff is like, I'm going to beat you, Harvey. And Harvey's like, like, pulls himself off his deathbed, rips the IV out you of his You just saved like, my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My <laughs> hatred for you fuels me. Like, 
I've taken all your clients, Jack Solov. It's like, okay. The moment he walks out, Harvey's like, please give me an Advil mm-hmm. and a leave or something. <laughs> he's struggling through this episode. Give me a you Band-Aid. Know, he, right. He's going to compete at the end of the day. Um, this Jack Solov character, Rob, what's up with this guy? Like, yeah. He's just bored. I guess so. I mean, like, what's his freaking problem? Uh, he is now going to try to do like some sort of like hostile takeover. And he's, what is he going to like? Uh, we're going back to like Daniel Hardman days. Like he's going to vote Jessica out of power. Like, I don't know. What's your end game, Jack? It looks like he came in and he wanted to do the thing where you pick out on the biggest dog in the fight. Right. And you're like, if I mm-hmm. take on that person then people know to respect me. And so he was an up and coming senior partner. But now he's trying to make a name for himself by coming after Harvey. We see that he gets his compensation uh, vote passed due to uh, Lewis's help uh, and from leaking Harvey's financial statements or whatever his uh, pay stub. Uh, and that was not enough. You know, uh, Harvey is told to go make nice with Jack Olaf, but Jack Olaf is like, nah, you never looked at me like comp- like uh, you never looked at me like a peer before. Like you only look at me as competition. And it's like. I don't ever remember Harvey ever mentioning you ever. Mm-hmm. You know, we've heard about other name partners or, you know, you know, senior partners, I'm sorry, that we've never even seen. We've never heard about this Jack Soloff character, but he has an axe to grind. He's trying to make a name for himself. And so it evolves from, oh, I'm trying to, you know, limit the amount of money Harvey's making while simultaneously putting more money in the other senior partner's hands to ultimately saying, no, nah, we're taking the uh, the compensation money out of this altogether. And uh, now uh, Harvey has to just like live off of billables. And that is like really like a direct shot to Harvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even know is, uh, I mean, Harvey doesn't even have any cases going on right now. No. So he's like, uh, the contingency money is gone. So what are you going to do? Now you actually have to do billable hours now, Harvey. I was mm-hmm. like, God dang. You know, like I'm really having a hard, uh, mental, you know, moment right now. Like I really don't need that. But uh, Jack Soloff doesn't care. Now, there, of course, is several moments in this episode where Jessica comes in and she does the thing that she always does, which is Harvey, I'm back to tell you to do the thing that I told you to do that you didn't do. And Harvey's like, I apologize to Louis. Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? And she's like, Well, uh, if you weren't mean to Jack Soloff, he wouldn't, Louis had, wouldn't have had anywhere to go to. He's like, But that's not what you told me to do. You told me to apologize to Louis. Mm-hmm. I did. And then Lewis went and did this snake stuff behind my back. She's like, well, now I need you to kiss Jack Soloff's ass. And so that's when Harvey comes up with his plan to hook Jack Soloff up with tea time with uh, Charles Barkley um, on the golf green. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was it a little too coincidental that like he, uh, I don't know, he misrepresented Soloff, like misrepresented it to Gretchen that he cares about Charles Barkley. And it's like, actually, he doesn't, but his client does. It was, yeah, that's definitely a coincidence. So Jack Soloff like, What was and this Gretchen, conversation? I, I'm pretty sure Gretchen was just like, Jack, you know, just want to get to know you a little bit better. Is there anything that you really like? And, you know, just no reason. Not that I'm mm-hmm. going to run that back to Harvey so he can try to make it up to you or anything like that. And Jack Soloff was like, oh, yeah, uh, I really love, uh, you know, Charles Barkley. That's, of all people, that's who I love. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I, I think that works for me. I, I'm a big Charles Barkley fan like okay well jack soloff comes into harvey's office knowing that this is going to be the pitch and so harvey's like yeah i got you that tea time with charles go be ready be 11 o'clock sharp and he's like you crazy i don't know anything about charles barkley are you wild yeah. like why why would you fall for that so for a second it does kind of make you look at gretchen like damn donna wouldn't have made that mistake um to be fair donna would have made much bigger mistakes later mm-hmm. on but uh this one does look like gretchen is like not 
quite, uh, you know, settled in in her role as Harvey's assistant. She does come and apologize, but when she comes the second time, she has, um, you know, she comes bearing a gift. She has the resume for uh, Jack Soloff's third biggest client, who is a Charles Barkley fan, and it does work out for Harvey in the end. <laughs> yes, luckily, like uh, having Charles Barkley around uh, was good for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ain't gonna win any championships with Charles Barkley. No, you, you, yeah, but it's good for like small wins, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you, it might not win the war, but you'll like win stealing clients. Yeah, that's good. Right. Exactly, exactly. That, that matter of fact, that's kind of a meta conversation about Charles Barkley's role in this episode because he was able to steal Harvey a client, but he's not gonna be able to bring in the dream team. No, no. Uh, maybe he stole a part on suits from Michael Jordan, also. You think Michael Jordan got the call and was like, I'm sorry, I just I just can't do it. And he's like, uh, let me get you Charles on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or was it one of those, like the reverse situation where Charles Barkley gets the call? He's like, MJ, I'm telling you, they love you on this show. You got to do it. Michael Jordan's like, I can't be bothered. If I had to guess, <laughs> I think in the script, I think that maybe they were like, can we get Michael Jordan? And then it's like, no, we can't, but we can get Barkley. Like, okay, fine. Right. If you're Charles Barkley, you have to know that happened too. You're like, Ugh. Michael mm-hmm. said no, right? He's like, I mean, Charles, please. He's like, okay, fine, fine. What else am I doing? Uh, and so, yeah, Charles Barkley shows up to save the day here. He's able to get Harvey one client, but Harvey needs to take four of Jack yeah. uh, Solov's clients to really make uh, his mark felt here. And Charles Barkley's like, look, I'm not even, I'm not going to be able to get you Magic and Bird and Michael, which I'm like, Harvey shouldn't need you to get Michael. I think they're they besties mm-hmm. as far as Harvey's concerned. Uh, but... Charles can't help him out. And he tells him, stop fighting with Jack Soloff because every day you're going to come into your office looking over your shoulder and this man is not going to let up. And you don't need that kind of stress right now. As your friend, Harvey, Charles is giving you good advice. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be basketball players? We just uh, on, only like an NBA star could come in and then uh, br- like get people to come over. And uh, like, is there something specific about basketball? This is the same Harvey that was sitting next to Beyonce and Jay-Z courtside the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Harvey, I'm pretty sure you have other, you know, connections that you can use. Like, you can't tell me that he doesn't know, like, Spike Lee. You know, <laughs> you know, like, there's no Knicks, there's no Knicks players that he's brought in, you know, he's in, or, or brought up. Um, so I'm wondering why Harvey is kind of like, yeah, like, these four basketball players are my go-to. I, I I need him to go into his client well a little bit deeper. I need him to start to exhaust some more celebrity names. He's dropped some celebrity names in the past, but yeah, this being a very basketball-specific episode is interesting. Yeah. All right. So Harvey ends up going to the um, psychiatrist's house, uh, who I guess uh, has a practice out of her house, and uh, she is not happy. No, she's like, Harvey, what the hell? You, you can't just pull up here. He's like, but I need help. She's like, yeah, but you need to make an appointment. He's like, I tried to. She's like, okay, but you need to wait. He's like, oh, fine. Like Harvey's basically being a child in this moment. And she's like, look, you came here to get drugs. I am not uh, a psychiatrist. I'm a psychologist. And you need to, or a therapist, and you need to schedule appointments and do the actual work to get the drugs for me. Because I'm not just going to like prescribe your anxiety away. You need to actually work toward it. Because ultimately, this isn't like some undiagnosed anxiety issue that he has. It's very clear that his anxiety is coming from his abandonment issues and his loss of Donna. And so until Harvey's ready to sit down and talk about it, the psych, the therapist, I'm sorry, is not willing to just hand him medicine. So Harvey schedules an appointment for 10 minutes later so that she can finish her dinner and then start to spend her time worrying about him. 
I said this a couple episodes ago. It to me is a little implausible that like Harvey, if he really just wants pills, that there is no other means by which Harvey could get the pills. Right. Right. Like Harvey, stop it. I think yeah. at the end of the day, Harvey subconsciously knows he needs to be talking to a professional. And so that's why it's not about the pills because it was about the pills. He wouldn't have thrown them away. Um, he knows that he needs to go talk to her and that the pills are like his built in excuse for why he can go and not also feel like he's someone who needs help. Mm -hmm. he's, he's presenting it like I need pills. So I have to be here when in reality, what he's probably feeling is I need help. I'm going to use the pills as a guise to get in the door yeah. so that I can actually talk to somebody without having to admit to myself that I need to talk to somebody. Yeah, I actually liked how they ended up doing the scene where Harvey is like role playing with the doctor and then the doctor uh, turns into Donna and they're having an argument. And I thought that that was uh, done pretty well. Yeah, I really wanted to know what we were supposed to take from that conversation with Donna and Harvey or, you know, role playing Donna with Harvey, because um, they go back and forth a little bit about how, um, you know, um, that Harvey never cared about the money. Right. Like and the therapist kind of positing that Harvey had been paying people to be loyal, like the therapist, like Donna. But Harvey never cared about the money. Uh, but they're saying like he uses it to leverage you to get you to do what he wants and to be loyal to him so that he doesn't actually have to show you real emotion and stuff like that. So he's telling Donna, I was there for you every step of the way. And she said, no, you weren't. You bailed the moment I wanted more. And that is probably the part that Harvey's not willing to acknowledge is that when Donna starts to show real emotion toward him, he completely shuts down and he doesn't entertain the conversation. He's like, I'm leaving Donna. Why? You know why? And then he just leaves. And then the next day he acts like nothing happens when a conversation about it probably is what Donna was looking for. Mm -hmm. If, and, you know, more probably a resolution, but at very least entertain her feelings. Right. And he just would, refuses to do that. And so, you know, fake Donna says, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Oh, putting myself first is not betraying you. And he's like, yeah, it is because you went to Lewis to do it. And, you know, that's not moving on. That's twisting a knife. And she said, yeah, it is. How do you feel to be on the opposite side of that? Because I do think that it's something very painful about Donna having this experience with Harvey, feeling these strong feelings, and Harvey completely not acknowledging them, while also simultaneously acknowledging them in so many ways, showing her so much love, paying her so much money, treating her like, like she's not just a secretary, like she's like more than that, putting his life on the line for her more times than not. Um... And then also being like, but that was nothing. You know, that's normal. That's just how I do secretaries. Like, mm -hmm. stop it, Harvey. That probably sucks for Donna. And so uh, this is a taste of his own medicine. I just think that since it was coming from role-playing Donna, it's not really a reliable narrator. I think real Donna um, probably doesn't feel like she's doing this to be malicious to Harvey. But it does come off that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where do you think this goes from here? You know... My issue still is always going to be that Donna, you know how close this is to Harvey as far as, you know, with Lewis, but Donna does not seem to be letting up. She goes to Lewis and says, Lewis, don't drag me in the middle of this thing at all. And Lewis says, yeah, I, I, I don't want to do that. Also, Harvey, you know, uh, Harvey had already told me that he was going to take you back. And that is the thing that really sticks with Donna in this episode is that Harvey Steele is walking around with so much confidence that one day he will be able to not only get Donna to leave Lewis, but to come back to him. 
Yeah. But apparently still treat her the exact same way. And so I'm really thinking that we're going to have to see Harvey come to terms with his feelings and at least acknowledge them and say them out loud. He has to say the words, Rob. If he says the words, I think that she'll be willing to say, okay, let's play ball. But yeah. right now she's like, I don't care how close it is or how personal it feels to you, Harvey. I'm not coming back to you. And I hope you have panic attacks about it. I said in the last one, I thought that Donna was going to come back to Harvey, but then Lewis ends up telling Donna, Harvey said, he's going to take you back from me. And Donna's like, well, that's not going to happen. I'm starting to feel less confident that Harvey and Donna end up back together. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks because I would love to see them back together. They're obviously a very good team, but the show is kind of setting us up for a arc where we don't need Donna in Harvey's, you know, in Harvey's life as the secretary. You know, like Gretchen has a, a couple slip ups in this episode, but for the most part. They seem to be bonding and getting along pretty mm -hmm. well. Uh, Harvey even apologized to Gretchen. I don't know if that's because she's a woman of a certain age, but there's a moment where he snaps at her about the Charles Barkley mistake, and then he comes back and like, you know what? I overreacted. That wasn't your fault. And Gretchen's like, it absolutely was my fault. But I've never seen Harvey really take that amount of accountability when wronging anybody. I mean, was it her fault? I mean, who's thinking she, that this guy, this lunatic, is lying that he likes Charles Barkley? If you say you can get stuff done and then you can't get stuff done, you got to come back and be like, I can't get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But for her to not be able to get a good read on on Jack Soloff that he wasn't a Barkley fan, I guess I guess Harvey's looking at her like Donna would have known. And, you know, for somebody like Gretchen, she presents herself as a Donna type, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I got it handled. And so I'm Gretchen. I think that. Yeah, I, I'm Gretchen. I think that that's probably valid. So I don't think it's her fault, but I can imagine a world where both her and Harvey could you know, see it like that. But I do think that, you know, setting her up as a viable alternative to Donna does allow us to explore what Harvey and Donna's relationship look like if she doesn't work for him. I think is, I still think it's bad on Lewis to even be in the middle of this because for Donna to still be like, okay, Lewis, you tripping, you coming after Harvey's money, you letting Jack Soloff come after him even more with these absurd plans. And Lewis is like, but I told him to go to hell. I told him to stop. It's like, yeah, but you're not stopping him. And Donna's not leaving. Donna's still with Lewis. She sees all the snake stuff Lewis is doing, and she's like, but I can't go back to Harvey. It's like, yeah, you ain't got to go back to Harvey, but staying with Lewis is a choice. So I don't think they're, they're going to be, they're not going to come back from this easily, I don't think. Let's talk about uh, what's going on with Mike Ross and Robert Zane. And uh, we see for the first time Mike and Robert Zane working together. This is a little bit of like a different partnership than we see like the one with Harvey. I think Mike is looking for somebody to, somebody to treat him as an equal. Uh, it's not happening here, uh, but no. he does, you know, have some good moments working with Robert Zane. What do you think about the Robert Zane, Mike Ross partnership? It's very interesting because you can tell it's Mike wanting to be looked at as a peer in this legal world, which is wild because Mike, come on. I mean, but also, yeah, he's, yeah. Mike is like so like he's constantly like, hey, why aren't I the same as you? It's like, well, I'm freaking well, Mike, Robert Zane. I like I have right. my own <laughs> law firm like you and, and Mike in we know is not even a real lawyer. He's like, but they don't know that. So if you don't know that, you should still be treating me as someone who is. Like, I'm a third year associate. So why aren't I the same as Robert Zane? 
Right. Jessica told you to treat me the same. So why aren't you doing it? Robert said, I didn't intend on. I, when I told Jessica that, I lied. I never intended on treating you the same. I told you that. He immediately told Mike that. We are not the same. I told, I told Jessica that so she could get off my back. But for the most part, you are still my associate. And so, so let's go into this. So mm -hmm. every time Robert Zane calls Mike Ross an associate or doesn't key him into whatever he's got going on, Mike's like, so I thought we were partners. What's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, I think the worst thing Jessica could have done was go empower Mike in that way and be like, no, you're basically a senior partner in this moment. Jessica, it was an interesting choice for her to do that. You know, she was very much seeing like Robert Zane is somebody who is a very powerful individual, but she needed to let him know whose house this was, uh, that he was not going to come in here and kick his feet up on the desk and just mm -hmm. chill like he runs the place. He's like, you ever so, hear a lumbar support? Right. And he's got his feet kicked up on the desk. So like, ma'am, tell this man to get his feet off the desk, which he does. Uh, Jessica pulling this move was definitely a power play, right? She comes in like, just so you know, we're getting more of the money. He's like, actually, mm -hmm. I'm paying for all this. She's like, okay, never mind. So just <laughs> so you know, we're going to be partners on this. And Mike Ross is in charge. And, and and think of him like you think of me. And she walks out the room and Robert Zane is like, kind of like, dang, I love that lady. You know, so she's pulling some big moves here to kind of get Mike in the same conversation as Robert Zane. But he doesn't deserve to be in the same conversation as Robert Zane. Throughout this, we see them kind of play with that interaction a lot. Yeah. There's uh, a couple of fun moments between Mike and Robert Zane. I like when Robert Zane uh, says to Mike uh, after they're getting in the car, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, all right, Mike, call me dad. And he's like, really? He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> what? Are you done? Are you dumb? And Mike's like, I just told you my dad died, right? He's like, yeah, this is a joke. Are you okay? Like, mm -hmm. are you sensitive? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, that's a good moment. And also the moment where um, Robert Zane comes into Mike's office and he's completely aghast and just like, oh my God, this is where you live? Oh, mm -hmm. this is ghetto. And Mike Ross is like, uh, yeah, and he starts throwing out some stripes references. And Robert Zane said, I don't know what you do with Harvey, but I don't do that bullshit here. Uh, <laughs> like, we don't play movie reference games here where I come from. We we get down to business. It's a law firm. It's like, finally, somebody who takes their yeah. profession This seriously. isn't a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, have you ever seen Stripes? What is that? Uh, it's Bill Murray, war movie. Um, it, it's a little even before my time, even as I uh, have aged another year. I, I feel like it's like from like, 82 83 and it's like it was rated r uh it was uh people people do love it but um it's uh not something that's in my wheelhouse a 1981 comedy bill murray uh, uh enters the army oh okay never heard of it I mm -hmm. guess I could add it to my list. I don't know if it's yeah. worth being added to the list, y'all. Um, but yeah, that reference is that let Robert Zane knows that they be playing games here at Pierce Inspector. And uh, he's not about that life. He needs Mike to get down to the nitty gritty because they have to go and fight these huge case, uh, you know, where they go and get this money for these plaintiffs because the, the, the what is it, Kettler Insurance Company has been uh, just like completely throwing these people out to the wolves and letting them die. And then, you know, trying to bury them in paperwork so they can't settle. Um, so we see a lot of that going on here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we also see that um, Harvey is starting to think that maybe um, Robert Zane is going to steal Mike. Uh, yeah. So it is very odd that Jessica would allow Robert Zane to do this without talking to Harvey about it. They are both named partners. So bringing in another 
bit like another name partner from a different firm is in it's it's a choice because especially when you don't talk to your co-name partner uh but harvey is so insecure about people leaving him that you know when he sees mike ross hanging out with robert zane harvey's kind of like you gotta come hang out with me you know i need you i need you to help me fight jack soloff and you too busy uh hanging out with your new uh father-in-law what's that about and so he tells jessica you know what you're probably happy that robert zane is here because he's gonna leave and take mike mm-hmm. with you and wait here with them and jessica says you need to grow up uh nobody was talking about mike ross you made that up uh and matter of fact i don't care if he leaves or not <laughs> but you really do you really need to focus on your abandonment issues and you know stop thinking that everybody's trying to leave you because donna left you you need to come to terms with that yeah um, so that's how that looks. Boy, uh, that would be great if Mike Ross left to go to Robert Zane. If you're Jessica, if you're Jessica, she's like, "Whoa, thank God for Robert Zane." Mm-hmm. You know, um, no, I, Rob, I have to tell you this. I I'm kind of shipping Robert Zane and Jessica. I don't know what's going on with the mm-hmm. Zane family, but Robert if, uh, Zane is married. That's what I'm saying. If they if they are to to divorce, yeah. I'm fine with the Zane Pearson, uh, you know, house merger. Okay, you know. Uh, I yeah. could see it. I could see it. I yeah. mean, there is like some chemistry there. Yeah. Imagine a, like you can't imagine a more powerful household. You know, the yeah. two of them just like sparring all the time. I would love you know, to see it. Going back to when she first showed up at Robert Zane's house when he was watching the football game and she was dressed up. And so like it looked like that they were going to maybe have a merger at that point in time. So there's definitely been some of that in the show. But Robert Zane, from all intents and purposes, uh, is happily married. So there uh, yeah, is a big but- obstacle there. He is married. We ain't never really talked about how happy he is, but we just know he's married, and so that could change. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then also Jessica is uh, then uh, having like a little bit of a relationship. Is this maybe setting up for maybe this is uh, uh, Rachel with her future uh, stepmom? Hey, you know, I didn't even think about that. The The storyline here with Rachel and Jessica is that Jessica comes in and tells Rachel, hey, I need you to proofread this speech to make sure we don't get sued because we're representing uh, this uh, doctor who uh, has been basically who, who who is known to say things, you know, that she probably shouldn't say. Right. And so they're trying to see if Dr. Gwendolyn Barnes is going to leave them exposed to being sued. Rachel's like, I'm down. I love Dr. Gwendolyn Barnes. Uh, so what's up? Let me t- let me take over this this project for you. So she does, and what she ends up doing is rewriting the um, the actual speech and and giving it back to her. And Jessica's kind of like, I did not ask you to do that. And Rachel's like, Yeah, but I took some liberties. If it's cool, you know, see if Dr. Barnes likes it. And then also, if she does, can I come with you to the speech? You know, or can you just let her know that I would love to work with her or whatever the case may be? Jessica ends up telling Rachel, yeah, you can even come with me to the speech because it's not Dr. Barnes's speech that Rachel wrote. It is Jessica's. Jessica is apparently getting honored for something or she has to speak on an occasion. And Jessica likes Rachel enough and respects her as someone who is very similar to Jessica. So she feels like this is the perfect job for Rachel. And so they're starting to bond in a way that we've never seen them bond before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, we've been saying for years, uh, seasons on this show, like, isn't it weird that we don't see have like more storylines ever between 
Jessica and Rachel? Like, does do we ask? Like, does Jessica even know Rachel's name? Does she even know that she works at uh, Pearson Spectre uh, or Pearson Hardman at that time? And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that is like such an like obvious storyline to talk about. Where Jessica's like, yeah, I, I do see you as a younger version of myself, and really, these characters have like almost no on-screen relationship. Nope, none at all. And so seeing them together was kind of cool because for once they weren't talking about the men in their life, right? It felt like for once they actually were trying to give them something else to bond over because Dr. Gwendolyn Barnes was the first black female chief of surgery at some major New York hospital and Rachel really admires her. And I'm sure that there's some parallel between Jessica in her role as, you know, a black woman named partner. And so for Rachel, this is probably right up her alley. And for us viewers, it is better than watching them like sit around and be like, but Mike did this, but Harvey did this. I'd mm-hmm. like for them to have their own storylines. Donna's storyline is completely wrapped up in Harvey right now. So let's give these women something to do other than, you know, be wrapped up in the men. Yeah, we didn't talk too much about speaking of Donna, where Lewis is kind of being blackmailed. Uh, I mean, it's the ultimate suits move of like, hey. You did this dirty deed, so now you have to do everything else I say, or otherwise I'll expose you. And so Lewis is now caught in that trap. Uh-huh. And Jack Solo was like, uh, I got this new plan for compensation where I'm about to shut down the uh the the pay scale that allows Harvey to make so much money. Lewis, you gotta help me. Lewis Change all the bylaws, says, or else I'll right. tell everybody that you leaked his compensation. Right. And Lewis, of course, is like, oh. God, I gotta do this. But say something, Lewis, do you? Like, uh, mm-hmm. why don't you just call Jack Soloff's bluff? Like, yeah, okay, do it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to go down, but you're going down with me, and how is that going to benefit you? You know, and I, and I wrote the bylaws. I could probably get away with it. Matter of fact, I'm named partner. I can probably get away with it. You're just a senior partner. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that if Lewis could make loopholes happen to where he can get away with doing stuff like that, yeah. then he can he can make you go away without having to take that L as well. But it doesn't seem like he's thinking along those lines. I don't think Lewis is really that opposed to taking down Harvey. Do you think it was weird that we went to Robert Zane's office and we haven't seen Katrina? Uh... Do you think we ever see Katrina again? I don't know. I, I bet we do see her again. But, you know, I feel like that if it was just part of the story that she was working at Robert Zane's office, I feel like she would have popped up. But, like, I think she's had something else going on. Oh, were they ever in Robert Zane's office is the question. Because I remember I think Mike Zane- went to go to Robert Zane. And if not in this episode, then in the, one of the earlier, the last episode. Yeah, in the last episode, he went there to propose this this deal. But I think in this episode, I think it was more like Robert Zane was just everywhere else putting his mm-hmm. foot up on people's desk. Uh, he put up his foot on Jessica's uh, table. And then at some point, he puts his foot up on the table uh, of the, the people he they were meeting with. He's he going to prop his feet up and let you know kind of who's boss. Robert Zane is really good at being the most powerful person in the room. But as far as his own firm goes, I don't know. We haven't gone back home yet to see what's happening at Zane and other names and then also we don't know if katrina is ever coming back i i would like to see katrina mm-hmm. back but if they do bring her back it feels like it's gonna be a tiny role at that yeah maybe she'll have like a, a storyline in an episode but probably like not not a big arc for her all right she felt who gets the liddy for this episode mm-hmm. mike ross gets the liddy in this episode 
Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike Ross gets the lady in this episode. His photographic memory is a superpower that ends up getting this case expedited that, um, you know, that they're trying to, to get all the money from. And so initially, um, uh, Mike Ross wants to wait. He wants to wait three months because the governor is going to pass a new bill that takes off the cap off of punitive damages so these people can get more money. But Robert Zane's like, nah, we got the CEO on the ropes right now. We really need to, to get this uh, done, this dismissal going. So then we can expedite the case and then also, you know, take this thing to trial very quickly. Um, and so they try to get it expedited. And the judge calls uh, Robert Zane on kind of on his BS. Like, oh, so you want to get all of this expedited that fast? Like, it's been two days and you know all these clients that well to where you just know they all need to have this done at the drop of a hat. And Robert Zane's kind of like, dang, you know what? You're right. But Mike Ross has a photographic memory. So he does a parlor trick and gives his uh, this stack of documents to the judge and says, Pick a card, any card. <laughs> Pass mm-hmm. me. You just drop a number in this thing and let me know the case or the person's name or the page number even, and I will tell you about their unique circumstance because I don't like for you to insinuate that we don't care here. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the judge does it, and before she's even done reading the page number, good Mike Ross is already spouting off word for word these people's cases um, because that's what he's good at, and so it makes him look really good in the eyes of Robert Zane, probably as a son-in-law and a lawyer, but he. Wins the he wins the day, you know. Him and Rachel seem to be on good page, and he looks like he's in, in Harvey's good graces as well. I think this is probably the highest point for Mike Ross so far. Okay, all right, good job for Mike with the early Liddy here in season number five. Uh, as far as the references go in this episode, of course, uh, we had a ton of basketball. We talked about stripes, uh, a little bit of uh, some more uh, boxing talk uh, where Harvey was talking with uh, Mike later on in the episode. Uh-huh. No mas. No uh, mas. Duran. Yeah, um, but that's about it. I don't, I don't know if they're like, Laying off on the references more now, or and maybe we've maybe used so. all the references that the writers know, and so it's tough. Yeah, I think so. I think they got to come stronger this season. It's season five. You got to do it big. Keep going. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Chappelle. Anything else from this episode you want to highlight? No. Uh, you know, go to suitspodcast.com/slash/facebook and let us know what you're thinking about it so far of course go in and if you see the birthday post from a couple days ago then of course tell rob mm-hmm. happy birthday what He'll a beautiful tribute with all these photos yeah i mean i had three great photos with you that i posted on the facebook group and i was like look at us i just saw you not too long ago we did not get a picture together by the mm-hmm. way um so we have to rectify that in la in a couple weeks Okay. All right. We'll do that. And so appreciate uh, the birthday post always. Uh, what about uh, KT has some uh, questions uh, that for the other associates? I mean, this is kind of like a little bit of an AMA uh, that okay. KT wants to know, uh, could somebody help me out here? What kind of firm is this? Don't most lawyers specialize? Is Harvey a corporate lawyer, a sports lawyer, a contract lawyer, all the above? And is there even HR at this firm? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, there's no HR at this firm. The the end. Next question, Your Honor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, how's everyone not just straight up pissed at Harvey for hiring a fraud in the first place? Next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should be mad at I don't know. I don't know, KT. What's going on here? Why? People like just seem to let that go. I think it's just because Harvey is Harvey, so he gets a pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, thanks to Jessica Frey for trying her best to answer so many of these questions. All right. Chappelle, the show doesn't do it, so someone has to. <laughs> Where can people keep up with everything you're doing? 
Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. And of course, follow us on Twitter at uh, at SuitsPod. Uh, MJC tweeted us that this is his, uh, you know, morning ritual. This oh, uh, shout out yeah. MJC. How you doing? Yeah. Daily viewing here for uh, for Michael J. Clark. Yeah. Thank you for listening and thank you for uh, uh, participating. We also got a tweet from uh, Danielle um, from Jamaica. Danielle said, uh, SuitsPod, why does Chappelle hate Jeff Malone so much? <laughs> He just didn't want to see Jessica with a hot dot chocolate man. <laughs> and I was like, listen, listen. Yeah. And what about yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> let it go. And how yeah, about, you, you and? want to see him with Robert Zane. You don't want to see him. Uh, you don't want to see him with Jeff Malone. They both, they both chocolate men. You yeah. Know, you know, whatever. But listen, this man lies like a rug. Yes. Jessica be lying too, but he lied first. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. <laughs> Jeff Malone, go to hell. Listen, honestly, we don't even got to talk about Jeff Malone no more. Danielle, this is it. Could be He's back. gone. Yeah. I don't know. Well, sh- Rob, stop it. Stop yeah. it. not coming back. All right. Chappelle, great job here today. Of course, uh, we appreciate your feedback and your star ratings. Uh, when you go to suitspodcast.com, you can leave us feedback there. Suitspodcast.com slash feedback if you want to go there directly. And then I'm at Rob Sesternino. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with season five, episode four tomorrow. Take care of a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.